Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Today is Wednesday, April 12th, 2023. Welcome to Big Screens and TV Streams, live from the Grand Forks Best Source Studios. I'm Dale. Victor is out this week. We wish him the best. He'll be back next week. Um, Join me is producer Paul. Yo! Got a very, very jam-packed show for you today. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, Two big movie reviews. We're going to be talking about Air, the big Ben Affleck, Matt Damon movie there about Michael Jordan's shoe deal, and the Super Mario Brothers animated movie. We saw that last week. Looking forward to to just nerding out on that one. Oh, yeah. It was way better than I was expecting. Yeah. And, and yeah, we want to hear what you guys have to say about it, too. So if you're watching in the live chat, uh, make sure to check us out on GFBS social media channels on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. We want to hear what you have to say in the comments in the live chat or call or text in 701-213-0863. I guess before we uh, get into some of those reviews here, a couple of quick news items to go over. Uh, I guess... Disney held a big, uh, they called it the Star Wars Celebration Conference. They had a lot of, it was, they should have called it the Star Wars and Indiana Jones Celebration Conference because it was like three or four Star Wars announcements and then a lot of info on the upcoming Indiana Jones 5 movie, a.k.a. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Like they did a new trailer for uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. They gave the official release date for the movie. And that is June 30th, so right in the middle of summer, traditional summer movie blockbuster. I think it would be safe to say the Indiana Jones movies are your stereotypical swashbuckling action summer blockbuster. Love the Indiana Jones movies. Well, most of them, most of them. But, uh, and they did a new trailer, and here's a, they officially confirmed it. Well, you know, and again, take this for what it's worth. It's studios saying this, studio higher-ups, and Harrison Ford himself, too, for what it's worth. Uh... Both Harrison Ford and Disney executives at this conference confirmed that this will be the final Indiana Jones movie. Not the final one with Harrison Ford, uh, and that they're going to replace him like they do with James Bond, but they said this will be the definitive final Indiana Jones movie. The fifth and final. Paul, do you yeah, believe I'm, call- I'm calling BS. Well, it, no, it's one thing to say, you know, compared to say, James Bond, you know, Daniel Craig just had his final James Bond movie uh, after like a, a 10, 15 year run with them. Mm-hmm. And Harrison Ford's been doing Indiana Jones since 1982, 83, around there. So that's like what, a 40-year run with well, one, one character. So, I mean, a, a couple lulls in there yeah. <laughs> without him. But so, I don't know. I know that's going to be at least an opening weekend uh, must-see film for me. So I am super excited to see that one. And then also going on uh, if with the Star Wars-related announcements... They announced three new Star Wars movies. Uh, they didn't officially give names for them, but they did say who's going to be directing them and when they'll be taking place. So, Paul, I don't know. I know you're a big Star Wars guy. I've been kind of a, a, a lapsed Star Wars person, not really too into them. Uh, I haven't even seen any of the new wave Star Wars movies or TV shows yet, but here's what they have. The first movie will go back to the, quote, Dawn of the Jedi so origin, origin tale, like early, early era, Star Wars lore canon. And it's going to be directed by James Mangold and, uh, you know, the same person that's directing the Dial of Destiny Indiana Jones film. And he also directed Logan, which I'm a huge fan of. So that's the first Star Wars movie. The second movie will be directed by Dave Filoni, who directed the Ma- Mandalorian TV series on Disney+. And it will be set in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. The third movie will be directed by Charmaine Obey. Chinoy, 
who directed Ms. Marvel on Disney Plus and Saving Face. And this movie will be, will bring back Daisy Ridley as Ray, and will pick up after the events of Rise of Skywalker. So right after, I think that was the last theatrical film they did, right? Yeah. Why? Why do they have a different director for all the movies? Why don't they just keep the same one? Um, maybe they'll all be coming out within a year or two of each other, perhaps, or I don't know. Maybe that. So that way they don't I have mean, to space think, them out. You think you'd want consistency if you're having a trilogy, unless the movies have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. Unless if they want to do maybe uh, one movie a year or something like that, or, or space them out every couple of years. Maybe that's why they went with a different one for each one. And then uh, two other quick ones. They did announce for the 40th anniversary, Return of the Jedi will be releasing in theaters again on April 28th, so just a few weeks away. Paul, how do you rank Return of the Jedi of the original three movies? That's the one with Jabba the Hutt, right? Uh, it was the one that came out last, uh, where uh, we saw Darth Vader meet his demise. I think that had Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably, I mean, that's probably the most iconic one of all of them. I mean, that's, you know, where Darth Vader throws the Emperor down the, you know, endless pit of doom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't have uh, high hopes for these new ones because now that, you know, Star Wars is owned by Disney, it's going to suck. That's been kind of like the reception, it seems like, for all the new movies and TV shows, with maybe one or two exceptions, it seems like. Yeah, now they'll, with this, with Disney be, like backing this, there's going to be so much woke BS in there, they're just going to ruin the movie. I think you and Victor have covered that, too. They've had elements of that in some of the latest Disney Plus shows, I want to say, from from what you guys have covered in the last year or so. Oh, yeah, every, everything that comes out of Disney right now has got some woke bullshit behind it. And then I did get, uh, there's one other Star Wars-related announcement. They did announce a new animated Star Wars show called Star Wars Visions, debuting on Disney Plus here uh, just under a month away on May 4th. So, I, and then uh, Disney did release the new trailer for their upcoming live-action Marvel film coming up this November, and that is Miss Marvel, uh, the sequel well, excuse me, The Marvels, the follow-up to the Disney Plus family show, the Mar- or Miss Marvel. So I, I never watched Miss Marvel. I remember seeing the previews for it, maybe a few brief clips. It, just, it looked like it's more of a family-oriented film, way more younger-oriented, kind of like Shazam, but maybe even more young kids-oriented. I just didn't see the adult, uh, adult appeal in this one. So this one will probably be off my radar. But I know we are both looking forward to... Um, the, we're looking up the release date for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and that's coming up on May 5th. So very excited for that one. And yeah, then, that's going to be awesome. And then finally, I guess speaking of animated series, Netflix just announced, and I know John mentioned this on yesterday's morning update, uh, uh, a new Stranger Things animated series. And so no cast or release details yet, but they just said it's in the works. So if I remember, you were, I remember you reviewed it on the show here, the, la- the last season of the live-action series, and you were a big fan of Stranger Things, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought Stranger Things was really good. I don't really see... I mean, I, mean, I, I, I could guess... I guess it could be pretty good as an anime. Yeah, they didn't really say storyline details or, like, cast details or release date, but I imagine if they're announcing it this far out, maybe within a year or so, Netflix usually doesn't wait too long on their uh, announcements to re- release dates. The gap isn't usually that that terrible. Yeah, I think that I think they are coming out with another season of Stranger Things, like oh. the real one, too, aren't oh, they? Oh, like the original show? I thought... Yeah. I thought, like, didn't they do this last season? They did it in two parts. And, like, even the last few episodes were, like, hour-long installments. I, I, yeah, I know, but I, I, I'm i pretty sure I saw something on there that said, yeah, they're... One more season? They're, they're, yeah, they're going to do another one still. Okay. Because they, they do give hints of it, I think, at the end of... 
Oh, little the, like the season finale of like the end of the actual show. It's like, oh no, there's there's more little to cliffhangers, it. Yeah. more to come. Yeah. Of course, there's always more to come. <laughs> All right. Um, well, before we jump into our big future reviews of the show, we want to make sure to hit up our first sponsor. We want to give a shout out to Northwest Tire. Uh, they got all kinds of great April deals going on right now. Uh, right now, they got $100 off Nokian or Toyo tires, $50 off all alignments with the purchase of new tires, $50 off complete brakes with rotors and pads. Make sure to grab your Northwest Tire credit card today and earn 10% off your first purchase and other amazing discounts. They're located on Gateway Drive, and uh, they're, they also got some other killer deals going on there's that are starting up in just a couple days going on at the end of the month starting april 16th you can get a 70 dollar instant rebate off bridgestone tires or 60 dollar instant rebate off firestone tires and then also you get 30 dollars uh, additional when you use your northwest credit card so all rebates apply to four passenger or light truck tires in stock with installation and premium tire coverage going on april 16th through the 30th Finally, Northwest Tire, they have a job opening for a front counter salesperson where they get to work with customers writing up work orders, dealing with selling tires, and the inventory. And pay does depend on experience, but they do have awesome benefits like PTO, health insurance, 401k, and, and more. To find out more, call Chad Hoff at 701-780-8473 or apply online at nwtire.com. All right. Paul, we went and saw a movie last week, opening day, Super Mario Brothers movie, first day out in the theaters. It was a rare Wednesday release, and, you know, very interesting. You know, I guess you could say the original movie came out, the live-action movie came out in 1993. We're talking about the, the, uh, the I guess, the 40th anniversary of Star, Star Wars Return of the Jedi, and the, what better way to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the live-action Super Mario Brothers movie with a good Super Mario Brothers movie, but in animated form. Why would they even consider that, like, a 30-year anniversary to it? I mean, they, like... I, I think it's just coincidence. So I was just oh. kind of bringing up the oh, irony gotcha. of it. Yeah. Because I know the first one was in 93, and I was like, oh, wait, so we're just talking about the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. So why not make it come full circle? So this has been in the works for a while. They first announced this. Nintendo announced it at a press conference, I want to say, like, three-ish years ago. Details slowly trickled. I mean, at first there was a huge dumb controversy. I think uh, it didn't seem like the internet. There's a bunch of dumb internet uh, discourse over Chris Pratt being cast as a voice for Mario, which I just thought was a silly because he's a well tenured voice actor for many animated films, and uh, just just dumb discourse going around. Because yeah, uh, that's a whole other story, but. The gist for this one is, if you didn't miss the, the trailer, it's pretty much the story of Super Mario Brothers on their journey through the Mushroom Kingdom. You know, it's it's kind of like, uh, uh, oh, I see Mary Stewart in the chat there saying, it was relieving to finally be able to bring kids to a good movie. Yes, big agree, big agree. And I don't think that there was anything woke in this one. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think. I yeah, it's, That's a good, that's a very good observation. I, I am blanking on that one, but... Yeah, so this one is, you know, it kind of, there are broad strokes to the general overall plot arc to the live action Super Mario Brothers movie, because like the original 93 live action movie, you have the Mario Brothers on like a routine plumbing call in Brooklyn, and they go, they fall down a magical warp pipe to the Mushroom Kingdom, and there they are, people watching the video version of the show, we got the, the this CG version of Mario and Luigi 
Paul, what do you think of this uh, and the CG work, general overall CG work, and and just the voices in general? Did they capture Mario and Luigi from video game form? Or I know we're kind of, I think we're kind of talking about over the last few weeks. You know, it'd be hard for them to do those style of voices in the video game nonstop for an hour and a half movie. Yeah, no, they nailed it. I mean, it, I was it was hard to even uh, try to figure out that that was Chris Pratt. And Charlie Day, I mean, he did yeah. such a good job with Luigi. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 he sounded just like he was from, what, it was a Brooklyn? Is that where they're supposed to yep. be from? Have, like, those those Italian, dash of Italian accents. Yeah. They kind of start off with an intentional, like, uh, Mario Brothers plumbing commercial where they have the uh, very deliberate, over-the-top Italian accents, which the games have. Mm-hmm. And I, I like how they treated that in the film because... There's no way you could carry that heavy, uh, exaggerated Italian accent for a 90-minute movie. And, like, the way they dial it down for from coming off that commercial and kind of poking fun at it. You didn't think we did it too much for that commercial? No. And I'm like, yes, this is how you do a Mario and Luigi voice for a 90-minute movie. And, yeah, like I said, Charlie Day was having a blast with this. And Charlie Day was even online and social media saying he wants to do a spinoff Luigi's Mansion movie based off the Luigi's Mansion spinoff games, which I love. And I think just imagine Mario Brothers and Ghostbusters uh, had a kid together okay yeah and that that would be i think charlie would just absolutely kill it yeah i mean the animation in this was just phenomenal i mean all the characters they looked just you know perfect i mean you can see it just even in the well that there the poster oh yeah the poster you know they're it's just straight out of the video game and i could see this as like what it's going to look like for a video game in the future and for some reason is it just me, or do I look like I'm like a ghost? Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, your your light is on, but for some reason the the light is a little I'm gonna, off. Off. I'm gonna turn on and off the camera. Okay. Yep. There we go. Paul's gonna give give reboot to that, and I'll just do a little setup here while Paul's on top of that. Um, so you know, kind of expectations going into this, there Nintendo has a track record of not doing many theatrical films over the years. Uh, you know, not if you take out all the spinoff, uh, they did those. Uh, they did those kind of in conjunction with the Pokemon company, all those animated Pokemon movies from around the early 2000s, and a lot of them went straight to video. I think maybe the first two were in theaters. Uh, I guess we see we got Mary in the chat saying she lost sound. Uh, so I don't know. Really? Maybe, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe something is off with that. We'll check that out. While- no, I lost it too. Oh, Paul lost it too. I'm getting levels on my end, or I don't know if uh, maybe... On OBS, if we are getting levels or not, bear with us, folks. Uh, yeah, that's showing levels there. Uh, Mary, maybe keep us posted there. If well, no, it's not, I can't hear it on mine either. Paul's not hearing anything. Oh, I wonder if that happened with something to do with the cameras, maybe or. Oh, that didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, that's weird. Um, test, 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 testing the mics. Maybe, maybe we can unmute that other one we muted a little earlier. Like, uh, you want to, it was just working. How do we, can we refresh the page? Um, I am unsure. Uh, try maybe if you scroll down or scroll up there, I think there's, or scroll up a little bit more, try unmuting that one. And all right, there we go. Maybe let's see if that helps. Maybe, uh, yep. Okay. There we go. Now we got audio. All right. Thanks, folks, for sticking with us there. So I would leave that one. Uh, when you meet, that's the audio we use for the, that shows up for the other ads. That's the source used for that one. So I know when we switch to the other ads, yeah. Let's see how it sounds with both of them going. If we don't hear an echo, maybe we'll leave it going. So how's everything sounding a little better? Okay. 
All right, yeah, we'll, we'll keep it going. Uh, keep us posted. Mary says she hears it back on. If you hear any echoes or anything, please keep us posted. Thanks for bearing with us, folks. Gotta love it. It's, there's, yeah, it's gotta love technical stuff. But anyways, back on track here. Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, I was just, I was just saying, Paul, where you're getting that. There, there haven't been many Nintendo movies in the theaters, especially live action. Uh, I think there was only the Super Mario Brothers movie from '93, Detective Pikachu from just what 2019, a few years ago, mm-hmm. and then there was this, the Super Mario Brothers movie. So this is just really only like the third one. I think this is going to open a can of worms, though. I'm still dark. Anyway, uh, this is going to open a can of worms for pretty much any video game movie that they want to make now. I mean, what's going to be the next one, Kirby? Gosh, yeah, I'm all for a Kirby movie or any <laughs> Nintendo property. Get Illumination behind it. You know, for people that are not familiar with Illumination, the studio behind this movie, they did the Minions movies, which were huge, huge summer blockbusters. And uh, just the first, uh, the box office numbers for the first three days in the theaters, 146 and a half million, just under 146 and a half million. And they set a record for the first five days, the expanded first five days, they even set more animated records, 204.6 million. So, yeah, huge numbers at the box office. So um, how did you like how they ended up getting is setting things up, you know, in the real world for that first, like, 10 minutes? There are so many Easter eggs to Mario games and various other Nintendo games they're playing and, like, little songs playing in the background. I was just, uh, I'm, uh, I am very biased being a video game fan, but I think it's safe to say I've seen my share of stinker video game movies, mm-hmm. and usually video game movies are the success to failure rate. The failure failure rate is through the charts. <laughs> There's very, very few legitimately good video game movies. It's safe to say this is a hit. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I said, I was, I was, in, I walked out of there. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe how good that actually was. Yeah. So I, I thought it was pretty interesting how they set up the beginning. You know, Mario has like this inferiority disappointed dad complex where his dad is disappointed with how his plumbing business is going and and you know he hates mushrooms with his spaghetti and and so he's kind of getting pouty in his room playing kid icarus on the nintendo and yeah and and then they in quick order they get they go out on a call and they get zapped down this magical warp pipe and they're in the mushroom kingdom now it's horrible to describe the plot to the mushroom kingdom and make it get become believable on film did you like how they adapted or how they kind of transitioned into the mushroom kingdom where you know, they got all these talking toads and a talking uh monster turtle that is bowser being voiced by jack black <laughs> how how did you like how that all came off on screen no it, it, was, it was the way they did it was just perfect um i mean i'm trying to remember what was because they got a call that got them down that pipe to begin with and i remember like so they were they were making a house call, and all of a sudden they thought that they had the the leak fixed. But what was it that uh, what was what was the reasoning for why they went down that pipe? I want to say maybe they were on another call where I think they fell down some various shafts or whatever, and they got went down to like this underground sewer. It was and the dog was chasing them or something like that. And then they went down to the they end up falling down the sewer drain, going down to this underground sewer getting washed away to some other adjacent pipe or and they're like oh let's check this out and they and they get you know the magic whisks them away to the mushroom kingdom i think that was somewhere how they got there i think probably one of the uh the coolest parts of this movie was when princess peach had him in training yeah and he's actually doing like levels from like the nintendo mario yeah. You know, I like think they got the fireballs with the, the, you know, going 
over the le- like the ledges and everything. Yeah, it's like how would you introduce your Mario style of gameplay into a movie? You know, it would be like jumping on 2D platforms and sh- shooting fireballs, eating mushrooms to level up. Uh, how do you pull that off on film? And just, you know, exactly like how Paul just described that Peach introduces how Bowser's trying to take over the Mushroom Kingdom and in order to prepare for it, Mario's got to train. And that's how they introduce the, they kind of introduce it as an obstacle, obstacle course. And yes, Mary says she enjoys the 90s throwback throwbacks at the beginning which i am all on board for too with the, with mario playing the nintendo kid icarus and and so many they even got a jump man reference in there which for those that don't remember is what they briefly called mario in the original donkey Kong game so yeah so many i i know if i rewatch this i would pick up on so many little references that went over my head yeah so it, it would seem odd just to introduce all these characters talking bowser talking peach talking toads uh yeah just so many various characters. And then you get Donkey Kong in the mix, voiced by uh, Seth Rogen, who seems like he's playing it straight almost. So what did you make about the wider cast of characters in the Mushroom Kingdom? So um, I wasn't, I, I don't like Seth Rogen. And, you know, and I didn't like him as Donkey Kong. I thought they could have casted that better because, I mean, he always just comes off as he's just like some huge dumbass, you know, and... Uh, yeah, I wasn't really for or against it here. It was all right. I thought they could, I thought they could have done better, but I, I remember just reading in interviews afterwards. Seth Rogen said he wasn't going to try and ham up his voice for the role or anything. He was just going to be himself. And I guess Nintendo was fine with what he did. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that, 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 the, the two things that I didn't like about the movie was uh, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong and the way that they kind of made. I didn't. I didn't like the new way of how they made Donkey Kong look. I would have liked him to. Kind of kept it more of like the Nintendo 64 kind of look. I thought it was kind of like that. Well, like Donkey Kong Country's era where I, I, I seen there was like a few. He looked a little too much like Diddy Kong to me. They I, did have a brief Diddy Kong yeah. cameo in here. I thought they would have done more with them. Yeah. yeah, there were so many characters that got short shrift. I mean, I know there was a huge cast of characters from the Nintendo world. So there's, I could see why some either just got a brief little minor cameo or some not in here at all. Where, you know, you got to save some for the sequel. Yeah. So. But yeah, they did do some tweaks to the Donkey Kong look, but I thought they were... I mean, it wasn't bad. ...semi-faithful to the Donkey Kong country look. I'm just, you know, if I was to look at two things in the movie that I would have taken out, but it is also just because Jack Black's in the movie doesn't mean that they have to have a musical, you know, portion of it where Bowser's a, you know, Elton John or whatever, just because Jack Black has to sing in everything that he does. Yeah, I thought they, they would have been fine with one musical number by Bowser. Yeah. I like actually, because I, I think the first time they did, I'm like, okay, wow, this works. Okay, yeah, tenacious D background. But then I think by like the third Bowsical, Bowser musical number, it's like, all right, this this is a bit much. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way I felt about it. But you know, the kids, I mean, my daughter and her friend, they were you know singing the Peaches song after the movie, so it hit with the kids. Yeah, kids. Yeah. It, it was so cool too in the theater. So many kids or families were wearing like Mario and Luigi hats or even overalls. It was, it was so cool seeing everyone just take in uh, this, just you know, the Nintendo brand or the Nintendo love. You know, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, this there was. I was just nerding out throughout the whole movie here. Just like, oh, there's this little song and this character and and this slogan. Uh, that, what another one too that kind of stood out to me that I thought was pretty cool because. We already got uh, hints that they were going to be like Mario Kart was going to be in the movie. Yep, yep, it was in the previews. Yeah, but bringing it to actually to like the the newer Mario Kart, they actually customized their carts before they went on the track. Yeah, do, you want, got, do you want a motorcycle or a cart? Or yep. and, and the tires and even the gliders. Yep. 
Yeah, I, they brought it up to the most current Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I see Mary in the chat saying she likes the musical parts, too. Uh, yeah, some musical parts. I, I mean, it wasn't just Bowser music number. They actually put in a, a solid mix of, like, uh, like kind of like uh, theatrical, theatrical trailer uh, songs that you would usually hear in trailers, like the, you know, like your... I, I, I should have jotted down some of the songs they used in the movie here, but, you know, kind of like your... your Radio hits, kind of friendly. I think some Beastie Boys were, were in here, right? Yep. And a few other kind of big-name bands. But it was fun. It was just going for the hits and made it a fun, nostalgia uh, trip for, for everybody, kids and, and adults, I thought. Yep. Um, like how it all wrapped up there, the big final confrontation with Bowser uh, maybe left things open for a sequel. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure that they will. I mean, look how much money they made off of this. Yeah, I thought I had a nice big final fight with with Bowser. And they they spun him by the tail too, didn't they? Yep, just like Mario sixty four. Yep. Oh gosh, yeah, so many references, and yeah, I, and like I, I like how he got his just desserts because you know it's Bowser. You got to finish him off. Yep, and I think I was telling you uh, after the movie too is, you know, something that I wish that they would have had in there more of, or a little bit more deliberate would have been um, Bowser's castle. Oh yeah, because yeah. I mean that's like the main focus of. You know, all the games, you always want to get to Bowser's Castle. Like, Yeah, the, the, big, the big final labyrinth to overcome with yeah. some just just thumping, uh, bass-heavy music taunting you as you go along. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, sequel. That's for the sequel. <laughs> so, but yeah, safe to say, pretty big thumbs up for uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, two. Two, yep. two solid thumbs yep. up on that one. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit biased. I... I am a huge Nintendo video game fan as, you know, I host a video game show on here. But just the fact that probably saying, you know, doing on the video game curve, the fact that they did this good means on the video game curve scale, instead of being, yeah, thumbs up, yeah, freaking loved it. Yeah, <laughs> so. you, know, you know, it's kind of funny, too, because when these movies come out where you can purchase them or stream them, you know, you can either wait for them to come available on streaming services like Netflix or something. But a movie like this, as soon as it comes out, I'll pay the $20 and buy it just because I want to support it and have those people make another one. Yeah. And I, I think it would be a pretty safe presumption that Nintendo was like, wow, now we actually got a credible animation studio behind this. We need to, we need to open this up. And, uh, you know, we don't need two or three of these a year, but maybe one every two year or two instead of, you know, instead of every 20 years or something like that. Keep them coming, Nintendo. They got a huge cast of characters, not just Mario characters, they got a, a ton of other brands to draw from, like like you mentioned, Kirby and, and, and Metroid and Kid Icarus, so many options to go from. So, yeah, keep them coming, Nintendo. Big thumbs up, Super Mario Brothers movie. And, uh, yeah, so we, we got another movie to talk about here, but you know what? I think we may hit up our next... Whoa, whoa, did you get a critics... Uh... Oh, yeah, our aggregates. So, actually, I, I seen the critics, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's at 56% for critics, but 96% for audience. I saw on the critics scale, they're kind of giving it the super serious, you know, in-depth, you know, critical score going by the numbers that, you know, this isn't going to reinvent the wheel for animated movie plots. It's not going to be like a big uh, Pixar uh, think piece a- uh, animation feature. This is it's playing it very safe by the numbers, by your Mushroom Kingdom, Nintendo, Mario storyline. So it's not going to be like, it's not going to, I wouldn't say if, if you're going in here expecting like, uh, you know, like uh, Schindler's List for for animation movies. This is this isn't gonna give you that. <laughs> it's not like a prestige piece by any means. But uh, that's why I can it's, see a game. It's 56. fun and entertaining. 
Yep, and that's exactly what I wanted out of this. So I think if you if you go into that knowing what you want out of a, a, a good Mario movie, you will not be let down. <laughs> so uh, before we hit our next review, we're going to give a shout-out to our next sponsor, Oh for Heaven's Cakes. And, you know, they were actually interviewed a little earlier here in the uh, GFBS studios for the Wednesday interview. They, uh, yeah, so, oh, yeah, I see Mary in the chat. I was glad to see that Bowser wasn't portrayed so scary. So, yeah, same support, good stuff. So, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, can't go wrong with the way they portrayed Bowser in here. I thought, yeah, they... He has like the spiky shelves on the back, and and sure he shoots flame and all that. But yeah, he's 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 I say he's scary, but not like R-rated scary. He's like you know good child-hearted, spooky, scary, not nothing demonic by any means. But yeah, O for Heaven's Cakes. There is nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade bakers, and that's where O for Heaven's Cakes come in. They have the best cupcakes for special occasions or just a treat. They make incredible specialty items by order, or just walk in to find out more. And while you're there. Enjoy some homemade lunch and soup with keto, gluten-free, vegan, diabetic options. If you're a business owner and want to treat your employees, make sure to check out their monthly employee discounts. O for Heaven's Cakes are on the north backside of the Grand Cities Mall. Open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4 and on Saturdays from 9 to noon. Or call 701-757-CAKE. That's 701-757-2253. Or email oforheavenscakes at yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. That's O for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. And make sure to order your graduation cakes early. They are taking pre-orders for graduation cakes, cookies, bars, you name it. We were actually interviewing three of the staff, Sherry, Margo, and Frizz from O for Heaven's Cakes in the GFBS studios just a few hours ago for the Wednesday interview. Highly recommend you check that out for all the awesome options. And you can see they even brought in some pictures and, and samples to show on the air on the many great options available at O for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. And they very much emphasize to make get your pre-orders in for your graduation cakes and goodies because they say that is one of their busiest times of the year. So, oh, for heaven's cakes, make sure to check them out. We have the rumors ticker under there. Oh, that is odd. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's make... all goofed up today. Yeah, there we have some crazy technical snafus going on today. But yeah, I'll have to take a look at that after the show. <laughs> Pardon that, <laughs> but... All right. So... Next up, we're going to be talking about the movie Air. So that movie is, uh, it's the big uh, movie about how Michael Jordan landed the Air Jordan sneaker deal, which, which just turned Nike shoes. At that point, they're only around for about a decade. They're mostly known for their running shoes uh, based out of Oregon. The big uh, Prefontaine days there helping launch Nike. And the, they were struggling to make waves into the basketball shoes market. It was mostly Converse and Adidas. And this movie talks about how, yeah, it just transformed Nike into the big powerhouse they are today for all kinds of uh, footwear and athletic wear. So that. There you can see in the background there, this is a Ben Affleck-directed movie. This is only his fifth directed movie after Gone Baby Gone, The Town, Argo, and Live By Night. Love almost all those films. I think Ben Affleck is a highly, highly uh, just one of my top favorite directors out there, as, as well as being an acclaimed actor from several decades. So, yeah, this follows... Uh, yeah, the story of the shoe salesman Sonny Vaccaro, played by Matt Damon, and how he's just trying to... Uh, just land Michael Jordan as their go-to athlete for being their main uh, athlete they they endorse for their new line of uh, shoes. 
and they kind of show them trying. Uh, I kind of like to think of this as Moneyball, but for basketball shoes. <laughs> Were you a fan of Moneyball at all, Paul? Oh yeah, yeah. I thought I got a lot of just similar, uh, uh, just memories from from that move or similarities from from watching Air because it was Matt Damon trying. You think Moneyball and how Brad Pitt's trying to sell all the baseball crew on how you know getting into sabermetrics and looking at stats, thinking a different way of uh, fighting their new baseball team for the year. And that's how Matt Damon's trying to pitch all these Nike executives on why we gotta go after Michael Jordan. They got like the top. 15 draft picks from that year's draft and you know the famous story for sports gurus was that michael jordan you know well regarded as one of the top two or three if not the top basketball player of all time uh it's kind of noted how he was only number the number three player from that year's draft not number one uh and so they're like yeah you know we can't really and uh, nike they're the upstart they're like we can't really go after like the top five players in the nba draft let's go after number six or number seven and, uh, and but, but Matt Damon keeps trying to sell him on Michael Jordan, and he just keeps trying to pitch it. And why he has this feeling, looking after key moments of Michael Jordan's history, and uh, just the way he's trying to sell and, and work. You know, the head of Nike in that in that movie is Phil Knight, or one of the head executives, and that's played by Ben Affleck. So he's having these recurring meetings with Ben Affleck, uh, his character, and like, no, we got to go after Michael Jordan. And the whole time Ben Affleck's like, no, we got a budget to use. We got to spread it out over several athletes, not just one. We can't use the whole budget on Michael Jordan. And then he, uh, Matt Damon is having these other interesting uh, conversations with Michael Jordan's agent, David Falk, played by Chris Messina, where he's like, you know, you, you got you got to get me Jordan. I got I to gotta have a conversation with him. And they're like, nope, nope. He's entertaining conversations by Converse and Adidas. And he loves Adidas. He loves their track suits. And, and we won't see what, we don't want to see what Nike has to offer. So the whole time he's like teasing Ben Affleck and this agent, he's like, and you know, I think I'll just pay his family a visit uh, unannounced. And his agent, you know, he's having these great one-on-ones with the agent where he's like, because he has this whole history with him where he's like, you better not, that's unprofessional. You do not go to the mom unannounced because I really like how they set up Michael Jordan's mom played brilliantly by Viola Davis. I guess Michael Jordan specifically requested that Viola Davis play his mom. And his mom's not in the movie a lot. Like I'd say like maybe three or four big scenes in the film, but those three or four scenes she makes them count because it's matt damon stopping by in the midsummer afternoon just pitching nike to her you know at least consider having a conversation with us and then they have the big meeting with nike they do end up having the big meeting with nike and how that all goes down and you know it's worth pointing out if you haven't heard yet it's very worth pointing out here you want to if you're wondering how they portray michael jordan in the movie he's pretty much like here in a small limited cameo format they intentionally do not uh, show Michael Jordan's face in the movie. Like they show him kind of coming in, making the rounds for some of these meetings, but you only see him from the back or from an angle where you don't see his face. Why would they do that? Because it, they, it's kind of like you know the story of how things work out with Michael Jordan. Everyone, especially with the Last Dance documentary from a few years ago, it's like you already know that story. It's, this is more about how they. Uh, the kind of like the Nike story and how they landed the deal. This isn't the story of Michael Jordan. Uh, and so they don't want that to be a distraction from the film. I did say on here, the person they got to portray him from these angles is uh, Damien Delano Young playing Michael Jordan. And I think he has like a couple of small 
whines he says kind of off screen like where they're introducing him so then you kind of hear michael jordan in the background saying hello so they they don't want to detract from him. they want this to be michael jordan's family story so you do get a decent amount of lines from viola davis playing his mom and his dad being played by uh julius tenon so this is more of their story and it, it was a bold storyline uh, or directing choice to do but i think they made it work here uh it's you know, it's kind of because, you know, kind of like in uh, in Seinfeld where they have George Steinbrenner being shot and voiced off camera. It kind of reminded me of that. But this is a more serious role. And I, I thought they made it work. They kind of have the big Matt Damon does a big speech to convince uh, Jordan's mom on why they should uh, go with Nike. And Matt Damon does a they show him talking to Michael, but they don't show Michael's face looking at him. They show him looking directly at Michael. And he's giving him the big heart sell, the big speech. And I thought, yeah, that was definitely the high point of the film. And yeah. If you're a fan of Moneyball, I think you're going to love Air because I, I I just thought, yeah, if, you know, you, this isn't your traditional sports movie. It's not like the underdog sports team. This is more like the underdog shoe company trying to land the deal of deals. And just, yeah, if you know, it's safe to say, you, you know, it's kind of one of those, now you know the rest of the story because uh, my main challenge for me going to this movie, would I be able to suspend my disbelief knowing how things work out in the end, you know, you know, of course, Jordan went on to have this big landmark shoe deal and went on to become, you know, one of the best, if not the greatest basketball players of all time. And I was able to suspend my disbelief and go, oh, are they actually going to pull off this meeting? Are they going to land this deal? And I was able to block that out of my mind and just kind of go on that ride with Damon and Affleck's character. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is good. And, you know, did, will they or won't they? And, yeah, I thought... At first, I'm like, no, this is too silly of a concept of a film on how the shoe deal was made. Isn't this more of an ad for Nike? For some reason, I was able to compartmentalize and just square that all away. I thought they absolutely killed it in this film. And I want to make sure to give a shout out to Amazon for stepping up and making this one of their few films that they decided to release in theaters first instead of on Prime Video first. Um, they did say, I think it's going to be coming out on Prime Video in like in about a month or so. But Oh, bummer. I want to know. Yeah, uh, I hear you. But no, I guess Damon and Affleck were pushing for this to be experienced in theaters first. So uh, it's not too much of a lead time. It's going to be on Prime before you know it. But uh, uh, I, yeah, it's not really, you know, it's another thing too, you know. It's, it's not like it's a big action blockbuster special effects you see on the big screen. But I'm, I'm if a movie is available in theaters, that's how I want to see it first. But uh uh, it, it will be hitting up on Prime before you know it here. I think it's going to be on Prime in like a month. But yeah, on the Rotten Tomatoes aggregates, uh, 93% critics, so it's a big hit with the critics, and then 98% with the audience, so high numbers on both boards there. So Yeah, that's that's a win. Yeah, so yeah, definitely high recommendation to the movie Air. Paul, you pretty big on, uh, would you say, for uh, Ben Affleck-directed films or just Affleck and Damien? You oh, like that combo? I, most of them I didn't even know he, he directed. And yeah, and they're they're great movies. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. So yeah, it, it's great seeing Affleck and Damon just kind of t- together again. Like I think because they they did do a few of their early movies together, like Goodwill Hunting, yep. and I think one or two others. Uh, and and you know, I think they did the Last Duel that kind of got them doing movies together again. And now they they kind of got this new studio that is kind of kicking off with Air here. It sounds like they just want to do projects here, a lot more movies together again here. So, yeah, they're just kind of, just kind of doing things on their own. So big big ups to them. Well done. So uh, lastly, we're going to hit up our last sponsor here. So we're going to give a shout-out to River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill. We want you to make them your next dinner and a movie destination. Both are located inside the River Mall in East Grand Forks. Now you can either dine inside the movie memorabilia-laden restaurant The Shire or take your meal to the movie you're attending. Some of this week's featured attractions are, well, we just talked about a couple of them. 
Air, rated R, and Super Mario Brothers movie, rated PG, and still playing as Dungeons and Dragon, rated PG-13, and his only son, rated PG-13, for the complete movie showtimes. Make sure to check out the website, rivercinema15.com. Don't forget about their Tuesday specials, $5 movies all day long, and the $5.50 senior matinee specials on Wednesday and Thursdays. The River Cinema has luxury recliners with expanded concessions that now serve adult beverages, and it's family-owned and operated by the same company that runs the Grand Theater in Crookston. And for their showtimes, look online at morefamilytheaters.com. All right, time to run down some noteworthy theatrical and streaming new releases hitting this week. Uh, Got a few hitting on streaming services to point out. We have on... releasing on Netflix a new new series called Beef. It's starring Ali Wong and Steven Yeun in an A24 production as two drivers get into an accident and let their road rage escalate to dangerous proportions. Escalates so much that they begin to torment each other's lives. And I guess as the series goes on, you get to find more about their backstory and what causes them to road rage like no other. I I watched the preview for it. It looked like it could be pretty interesting here. So uh, next up on Paramount Plus, for all you Grease fans, they got a prequel series hitting this week called Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies. It's a musical series about the origins of the Pink Ladies group from that classic musical Grease. So I, mean, I used to love Grease back in the day, but I don't—I guess I don't have the affection for it like that I did when I was a kid. So, Paul, big Grease fan? Uh, every time that song comes on, I cringe. <laughs> yes, yes. The tell me more, tell yes. me more. Yep. You don't need to go there. Oh, yeah, I remember when that made the top 40 charts. Oh, my. Uh, Next up, streaming limited series on Hulu called Tiny Beautiful Things. All eight episodes are now streaming on Hulu, and it's based on the Cheryl Strait best-selling book that stars Katherine Hahn as an advice columnist where she really needs more advice on her own marriage and relationship because uh, her relationship with her daughter and her husband, they're falling apart. And uh, Cheryl Strait, I loved her book, Wild, the, the big hiking movie. with, with They turned into a movie uh, with Reese Witherspoon. So I watched the trailer for this. So that kind of has me a little interested in this one. Uh, three big theatrical releases this weekend. Renfeld. Uh, it's uh, Nicholas Holt stars as Renfield, the tortured aide to history's most narcissistic boss, Dracula, where Renfield is forced to procure his master's prey and do his every bidding until when he's now ready to end his centuries of servitude, and it's directed by Chris McKay. Also in theaters this Friday is Suzumi, a coming-of-age story for the 17-year-old protagonist Suzumi, and it's set in various disaster-stricken locations across Japan where she must close the doors, causing devastation. And it's directed by Makoto Shinkai. Finally, we have The Pope's Exorcist in theaters this Friday and stars Russell Crowe playing the chief exorcist of the Vatican as he investigates a young boy's terrifying possession and ends up uncovering a centuries-old conspiracy for the Vatican that he desperately tries to keep hidden. And it's directed by Julius Avery. Paul, I got a pick of the week from all those? Nope. (laughs) No, the baby beef. Beef, yeah, beef yeah. looks like it could be potentially interesting, and also Pope's Exorcist looks like it could be good. Maybe more Halloween time of the year, but uh, I think those two... Yeah, Russell Crowe is always good. Yeah, those two for me, I think, would be my picks for this week. Uh, all right, uh, I'm going to kind of wind things down here before we get to our quick takes. We've got some GFBS plugs. 
For more coverage on other GFBS shows, I already kind of talked about how we interviewed the O for Heaven's Cakes crew, Margot, Frizz, and Sherry. Make sure to tune in, find out why they make some of the best homemade baked goods in the Grand Cities. Also, this Friday, Iki Ichabod will be covering the latest Rob Zombie film with his reboot last year of the classic 1960 horror comedy TV show, The Munsters. Paul, you're a fan of The Munsters, that old TV show? I kind of grew up with it a little bit in reruns anyways. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, the old black and white one. I mean, yeah, I watched that. I, I mean, yeah, I've seen a few episodes of it. I have no desire to see the one that Iki is covering, the Rob Zombie remake, but... Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, up, up until this point, Rob Zombie was notorious for doing, uh, at least for his film directing side, doing, you know, very grotesque, gory, R-rated movies. And this is like his first PG film. So, yeah, Icky will be talking about it this Friday on Icky Ichabod's Weird Cinema. And yeah, those are just a couple of over a dozen new shows you can find by searching GFBS on your favorite podcast or social media app. All right, Paul, quick takes for the week. What stuff have you been watching, dominating, that we haven't already talked about already? Yeah, I've been looking for something to watch in the little bit of time that I've had lately. We've just had so many things going on with Easter and birthdays and blah, blah, blah. Um, But, yeah, so I checked out um, The Power, the John Leguizamo one that we had talked about with the, like, girls evolve and they can shoot electricity out of their fingertips. I got a little bit, I, I got about an... I don't know, maybe 45 minutes into the first episode. I might pick it up again, but it there were some parts about it that I thought were like, okay, this could be kind of neat. And then, then you know, then I, I go on for a little bit more, and I'm like, eh, I don't know where this is really going. I, this is this is going to be a stretch for me. I, they're going to have to do something to keep me interested. Yeah. It's like a few episodes or uh, several episodes, right? Or Well, um, I kind of kept – so I put it on. And I watched it for about 45 minutes and then I went to sleep, but I intentionally left it on. Mm. And so I would wake up periodically and kind of see like scenes and I'm like, okay, so I'm probably in like, you know, the 30 minute mark of episode two and I'm like watching it and I'm like, it doesn't really look like it's gone anywhere yet. <laughs> so Has it won you over? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe more to come, but that first 45 minutes or so, not too shabby. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're trying to develop the characters. I guess yeah, you're at that point where maybe it takes a few episodes to get a feel for it or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe once I get a hold of like what these characters are all about, I, I just have to watch more of it to really have a a better opinion. I guess. Okay. I, the other thing I wanted to try to check out was that Picard season three because you said that that was better than the first two. Yes, yes. Um, well, so. I mean, it, it helps that they have all the original Next Generation cast back, and it's mm-hmm. like, all right, you know, they're it's like they're on another adventure again. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 episodes season season eight they're through eight episodes so just two left uh it takes a few episodes to get all the cast together again before they kind of sprinkle them in there but uh yeah yeah there's a few times where there's at least a few episodes where i'm like oh this feels like classic next generation here we go yeah and then the the other one uh, like because i was going to check out uh that new movie 65 because right now i can get it um through my little cheat app or through Mm -hmm. uh, watching it on vr but the thing is that I don't know if I want to watch it because that's not going to be in like 4K quality. Um, and I think if I'm if I'm going to watch that one, I'll just wait so I can get it in the 4K. Just wait the little while for it to hit the proper video I mean, on demand. Because you know the virtual reality is cool because it's like you're sitting in a theater and watching it on a big screen. But the you know not true 4K resolution. Yeah, at least not with the one that I have. But gotcha. Yeah. So any other quick takes for the week? 
not that I can really think of. It's been kind of it's kind of hectic lately. Oh no, yeah, I have those weeks too. Uh, I know with the Easter weekend last week, I had a little bit more spare time than I usually did, so I was able to watch a couple more. Th- I actually made made it to the theater to see two movies. You know, saw Super Mario Brothers with you, and I caught Air, so that was really good to see, make it to the theater a couple times. And, uh, and then we Cataract just kind of touched on Picard there, so just a couple episodes left of the season. Saw they had a new South Park out, so I'm keeping up on that, and they do not disappoint yet again. They had a big spring break filled episode where uh, Randy is like, "All right." He, to quote Randy from the show, the bees are gone. <laughs> and uh, he didn't say the bees. He said something else. And uh, let's have fun. And so Stan and his friend Token, they just want to play Warhammer. <laughs> you know, I did watch that. Oh, you did see that one? Yeah, yep. I did see it. Yep. Yep. That was a, yeah. Yeah, they were just trying to play a board game. And his dad's just, and he's just being ridiculous, trying to get like all these girls in there and everything. And being tased, having too much fun, getting just wasted beyond all wasted. And oh gosh, yeah. Randy is, he's like the Homer Simpson of the show now. He's, he's kind of overshadowed the kids over the last few seasons. Would you say that's a safe, safe presumption? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah, this is a, uh, and it's kind of cool to see them back to getting to doing regular seasons again. Cause I think the last couple of years while they're during the pandemic, couple, first couple of years, they're just doing like, maybe a couple of hour-long specials a year or so, mm-hmm. which I don't blame them because, you know, they always like to touch on the latest pop culture uh, news and happenings, and they had quite a bit of material to work with there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but, yeah, it's really cool seeing them doing regular seasons again. And then, uh, yeah, still keeping up with the Connors and Million Little Things. They're, they're all right, kind of decent middling shows there, but uh, got to see Jackie relive being a trucker again. If you remember in the early seasons of Roseanne, she was a trucker for, I think, a season or two, so she she picked up a side gig doing the trucking thing there again. So I was like, oh, that's a nice callback. So, uh, and then I, from the Netflix DVDs, I still get the discs in the mail. I finally got back to picking away at the Ken Burns documentary on jazz. I seen his past documentaries on other music genres like country music. And yeah, just these, uh, he covers everything very, very thoroughly and only like he can does brilliant, uh, music and war documentaries, <laughs> much props to Ken Burns. So, Let's see if I have anything else, Paul. I think we will. Well, I, I did actually watch a movie um, as I rewatched it the other day, uh, Whiplash. So if nobody's ever seen Whiplash, that's definitely one to check out. Uh, yeah. Uh, who's the. Uh, J.K. Simmons, Miles Teller. Uh, yeah, sure. J.K. Simmons is a music teacher. Okay, yep. Yep, and Miles Teller is a drummer, right? Miles, he's the guy like the, from Fantastic Four and stuff, right? Yep. Yeah, this is by far his best performance in any movie he's ever done. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's great in this movie. Like the way that he just his expressions and everything when he's drumming. I don't know. It's just, it it really looks like he's doing it. Yeah, they J.K. Simmons puts him through the ringer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is uh that is a. I think that was up for a lot of like big awards too. That was a very well regarded film. Yeah, and the because I didn't remember the ending uh, the same as the way I watched it the first time. But so at the end, it's like he actually. Uh, him and the the teacher are like in approval with each other. Yeah, they have the a big love hate love hate relationship, and it seems like J.K. Simmons really sticks it to him. But you know, I think it's already right to go into some mild spoilers for because it's like a seven eight year old movie by yeah. this point. But uh, uh, but Miles Taylor ultimately and jk simmons has like one big just you know hey you screwed me over it's time for me to get revenge and screw you back here and you think jk simmons gets the last laugh but no miles teller ultimately still wants to win him over win his respect 
And, you know, it's like I said, he does. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. And then it seems like it, they kind of leave you hanging a little bit. They leave it a little ambiguous at the end there. You know, do they do the two eventually make amends? They make you think they do, but they don't eventually show yeah, you. Yeah, they just run credits. Yeah, they just run credits. <laughs> and I thought that was the perfect way to end the film. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a, good, it was a really good movie. Yeah. If you haven't seen Whiplash, high, high recommend. What? I don't understand why it doesn't why it looks like I'm sitting in the dark. I got yeah. two big lights shining on me right now. I don't it's exposure so maybe? That's the only thing I can think well, of. Why like, is yours fine? Yeah, mine, mine is, Yeah, and for the last show we did the exposure looked good. I don't know, maybe it was something the way the camera turned on a setting or something. That's my but only I, guess. I, I turned it off and on again. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's weird. I don't I don't normally look this gray. I'm I'm still alive, everyone. Maybe Victor's Batman mask last yeah. <laughs> week had some weird uh, contrast uh, shenanigans it played on the camera. But uh, with that, we will wrap up this week's show. I want to give a big shout-out again to today's sponsors, River Cinema and the Shire Bar and Grill, Oh for Heaven's Cakes and more, and Northwest Tire. I want to make sure you, we welcome you to join us live for all future ep- episodes every Wednesday at 1 p.m. on gfbestsource.com or just search GFBS on your favorite social media or podcast apps. Find past episodes by subscribing to GFBS everywhere you find podcasts. And as mentioned earlier, please support GFBS by hitting that donate link on top of the gfbestsource.com website or leaving us a five-star review on Google or your go-to podcast app. With that, many thanks for having us part of your day. Many thanks to Paul. There he is. We'll see you all next week. Goodbye.